the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the Word? Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. And please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called being imitators of Christ. The Bible teaches us that we ought to keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. By watching Jesus, we can seize and get a grasp of what we should be like and what we should act like. The word seize means to grasp mentally and to understand clearly and completely. Jesus gives us clear and complete understanding about how a child of God is supposed to conduct themselves in life. Through watching Jesus, we can get a grip on how we Christians should and should not live this Christian life. Through watching Jesus, we can get a solid grip on how we should and should not conduct ourselves, how we should and should not speak, what kind of attitude or attitudes we should and should not have, what kind of temperament we should and should not have, and what our actions should and should not be, how do we live in our lives in Christianity. All these things matter to God if we're going to represent Him properly like He wants all of us to do. So, since it matters to God, then it should matter to me and you too. That's why being imitators of Christ is what we are all told by God to do. And now that we're Christians, it's what we all should always endeavor to do. So, without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called being imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. How y'all doing today? So am I. Same Lord, same faith, same results. Praise God. Forgot your Bible, which I invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and get ready for a word that's going to be all the way live. I mean live as in making your life even better than what it is already. Live as in energizing you to go move forward steady into the things that God has in store for you. All the way live. Praise God. Stepping into the wonderful life that God's got planned for you. Praise God. We're going to continue in the teaching that we started just a little while back. It's called Being Imitators of Christ. Being Imitators of Christ. That's God's desire for me and you, to be imitators of Christ. That's what he wants us to do. And, of course, we are people who love God, and because we love God, we're willing to do what he wants us to do. So if imitators of Christ is what he wants us to do, imitators of Christ is exactly what we're going to do as we move forward into the life that he has in store for me and you. Of course, of course, of course, we'll begin the reading of chapter 5, verse 1, where God is telling us how he wants to be able to live this thing out too, so that we can live this thing out like he wants us to. Starting with verse 1, it reads, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also have loved us, and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smell and savor. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. 
For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God unto the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I was talking to his church right here. He told him, he says, arise thou that sleepest because God wants to wake up the church right now. Church has been asleep for a while. God's about to wake them up right now. When you sleep, you're oblivious to what's going on around you. You don't know what's going on around you. Praise God. Amen. And God is trying to wake his church up. So we can be cognizant of the things that's going on around me and you. So we can be able to respond and react the way we ought to. He told us, quit walking like fools and walk as wise. Of course, we already learned that a fool by biblical definition is one who says in their heart that there is no God. But we found out that that's an actual fool. That's actually a fool, praise God, who says that there is no God. But there are effectual fools just like there are actual fools. An effectual fool is one who makes his decisions in his, in his life like there is no God. So effectual, effectively, they are fool too. Praise God. Because when God is God and we know he's God, then you ought to make your decisions like God really is God, like you ought to do. Are you listening to me? Because if we don't, we're foolish. Praise God. Well, God's talking to his church right now and saying, quit being foolish. Because unfortunately, the church of the living God has not been making their decisions in life like God is really their God. They've not been living the life that God intended for them to live, that one that he does freely give. They're not living their life like Jesus really did shed his blood for them like he did, and we know he did too. And we're not doing it like we're supposed to. That's why God's telling this church right now, wake up. It's time for the sleeping giant to arise. Wake up. It's time for you to open your eyes and realize what it is that's before you as turned to the opportunity that I've given to you. That you might walk in the fullness of the things that I've got planned for you. That you might know and understand and follow and submit it under my mighty hand and step into things that only I can make sure you can. Wake up. For it's time for my church to stop living like they do and begin to live the life that only I can give you. A life which will cause many and not just a few to be able to know that I really do do all the things I say I do. God's talking to his church right now and he's trying to tell his church to wake up. He's trying to tell his church to get up. And stand up and be the people that he designed them to be. A people who are really free. Why? Because there's a world that needs to see thee. Because there's a world out here who don't know who God is. And God is dependent upon us who are his to be able to show them what's really happening when they're his. But unfortunately, many of us are still making our decisions like the rest of the world do and not living like God intended for me and you. But I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that God is raising up the remnant of people who are going to walk this thing out like he wants them to do. Who are going to walk this thing like they're supposed to. 
That's the way he originally made me and you. When God created his very first man, I'm talking about woman and man, man and species, not the gender. When God created the very first man that was both male and female, God created him in his image and after his likeness. His image means they look like him. His likeness means that they walk like, talk like, and act like him. Because the word uh, likeness means mode or mannerism. That's the way we conduct ourselves. And well, we know that there was a fall that happened and, and, and affected every one of us all in such a way as one man entered into the world and allowed death to enter into that world because sin came in the world and death there came there too. But we know that there was another man named Adam, the second Adam that came along and restored us back to right fellowship with the father like we're supposed to do. But that was spiritually. Now let's talk about actually. It's time for the rest of our lives to be reconciled back to him too so that we can live out the life that he always intended for us to live out like we're supposed to. Many of us are just uh, uh, happy taking on the name of Christ and calling ourselves Christian. But it's time for us to live out like Christians and begin to start conducting ourselves like we do. Because that name originally came into being because people called people who act like Christ, Christians. If I could phrase it this way without starting a new doctrine of any time. It's time for us to quit being Christians and be Christians and start living this thing out like we're supposed to. That's what God is telling me and you. And he's telling us exactly how he wants us to do that. He says, be imitators of him. Of course, we know that no man has seen God at any time. Praise God. But I know one who not only seen him, but he was with him at the beginning of time. His name is Jesus. Because in the beginning was a word and the word was with God and the word was God. And that word took upon flesh and dwelt amongst us that we might behold his glory. That of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Which means that we can find out the truth of who God is by knowing who he is. Remember, remember, remember when Jesus was talking to one of his disciples who said, man, when you going to show us the father? He said, yo, man. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When you've talked to me, you've talked to the Father. That's how it's supposed to be with us, too. Because Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren, and we the few, we the ones that came after him, too. So that means that mean the same thing's supposed to be with me and you. That when we talk to people, say, man, when, you, when you've talked to me, you've talked to the Father. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because just like our older brother, Jesus, the firstborn of many brethren, just like him, we don't say nothing other than what our fathers say, and we don't do nothing other than what we see our father do. If our father don't do it, we don't do it. If our father don't say it, we don't say it. If our father don't play it, we don't play it. Is anybody hearing me up in here? That's what's supposed to be with me and you. And God's raising up a people that's going to do it just like God wanted them to do. Who are no longer operating like the world that we got delivered from, but we're going to start operating the one who's over the world that we delivered from. God designed us to be both kings and priests in this world. Kings as in ruling everything that we're in control of. And priests as in being able to aid others in connecting themselves back to God like he want us to do. Reconnecting them back to God like he want them to do. One of the reasons why it's so important that we live this thing out like we're supposed to, because the world don't know God. But they need to know God. So the people that God used to be able to show them that are supposed to act like he want them to. Being imitators of him. We're going to be imitators of him. That word imitators, we already found out, come from the word followers. It's, the, it's actually followers here in the, in, the, in, in, in the King James, but it also translates an imitator. An imitator is a person who conducts themselves in both an action and behavior like another person does. We mimic God. We imitate him. We copy him in action and in speech so that we can know how to be able to live this life out so that it can reach other people's lives like he wants us to do. So that we tread, walk about all over the place, living like we ought to do. Christ is our example, knowing, teaching us how to live this thing out. 
So since Christ is our example, we found out that the ultimate aim in the Christian life is to display Christ's likeness. It's not to get a new car and drive real far and send back selfie pictures of you about what you, where you are and what you do and what you eat in the day and all that kind of stuff, foolishness that people do. No, that's not what God's intention is for your life. Not for you, your child, or your husband, or your wife. That's not what God planned for you. God intends you to be Christ-like. That's what we're trying to do. Not to try to get, get a lot of money and then hook up with a cute honey, praise God, and then sit around and watch movies. That's funny. No, that's not what God planned for our life. Is anybody hearing me up in here? God wants us to be Christ-like. I got any folk up in here that want to be Christ-like. Praise God. That's our ultimate intention of life. And the way to do that is to deny ungodliness and to be able to live godly like God wants us to do. To be holy, just like our father is, and live that thing out like he is too. That's why we talk for a while now about living out uh, to be imitators of Christ by being holy. Praise God through our holiness. That we're holy just like he told us to. He said, be ye holy even as I am holy, saith the Lord. That's in the old and the new. Same thing that was told to me and you. God want us to do it. Ain't deep. Holy God, living in a holy city, sitting on a holy throne. Got holy angels flying all around him. Are you listening to me crying, holy, holy, holy? He gave us a holy book, holy scriptures, holy writ. Praise God so that we can get everything that he has in store for me and do. Everything is holy, including me and you. We're supposed to be holy too. Are you listening to me up in here? I said holy, not ho-ish. Is anybody hearing me up in here? That's, that's God's intention for me and you, to be able to live this thing like, like we're supposed to. Well, we talked all about that. Praise God. Get, get your CDs and tapes. I'm telling you to be a blessing unto you. Because we found out if we got real religion, <laughs> then we're going to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. When we have true religion, we're going to keep ourselves unspotted from the world because the world will spot you doing things outside of what you should do and cause blemishes to manifest in you. But God said, no, I'm going to keep, I want you to keep yourself unspotted from the world. I saved you. When God saved us, he didn't just save us from the thing that we think he saved us from. He He saved us from a whole lot more than that. Turn to 1 John chapter 2, please. He saved us from a lot more than that. A lot of people think that all God saved us from was hell's fire. <laughs> well, that's true. We got saved from hell's fire, and I'm glad about it. I don't know about you. San Antonio is about as hot as I want to get it. Are you listening to me up in here? I don't, I don't need it no hotter. Praise God. At least we got, we got an air conditioner here. They ain't got no air conditioner in hell. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I'm kind of glad about being saved personally. Praise God. Hallelujah. But God saved us from more than that. He saved us from the wrath of God. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Because the wrath of God ain't no joke. Is anybody hearing me up here? You don't believe me? Ask the folk that's in Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you can't. Because the wrath of God came down and wiped them all out. Praise God. Wiped out the town and everything that was around. Is anybody hearing me up here? Because the wrath of God ain't no joke. You don't believe me? Ask the folk that didn't make it in the boat called the ark. Praise God. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you can't ask them either because they went down the bowl with the tidy bowl man. Praise God. Because God came and washed all the crap out of this world and flushed it down the toilet when the, when the, when the, when the flood came. The eight that was in the boat was the only ones that made it because they did float. Everybody else drowned it. Praise God. Because that's the wrath of God. The wrath of God takes out everything and everybody that's not in what he want them to be in. 
Praise God. That's why he's inviting every one of us in Christ. It's because if we can get in Christ, because the ark represented Christ, because if we can get in Christ, we'll be protected from God's wrath. In fact, when the wrath falls, we go up just like the boat went up. Praise God. We get, we get to go to that seven-year party up in heaven. Ho. Oh. Oh. We get to party for seven years up in heaven. Are you listening to me? While everything else is flushing away. That's what that, that, that's, that's so it's important that we know that. Well, that's not all that we got delivered from. We also got delivered from not just the penalty of sin, but God wants to deliver us from the sin which causes the penalty in the first place. And the place that we got it from. We in 1 John chapter 2. It's going to get real good right here. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. God didn't just come to deliver us from all those things that could potentially happen to me and you. He also delivered us from the world from which he saved me and you. That word saved means many things. One of the things it means is delivered. And anything that's delivered has been taken from one place to another place. And God delivered us from the world too. And God is teaching us how to be able to, come, to live like we're supposed to live so that we can live out like he intended me and you to do. Remember, we're reading this out of 1 John. 1 John, of course, is an awesome book of the Bible. Praise God, it's an epistle that was written, praise God, by John, the apostle, the one that laid his head upon the breast of Jesus. Wasn't nothing homosexual about that, praise God, because he had intimacy with the living God to the point that he would lay his head upon the breast of God. Got a chance to be able to hear his heartbeat. Knows what makes him tick. Knows what fires him up and what calms him down. You know, because he knows that. That's why he was still around. When all the other apostles were gone, he was the last of the ones that were still around. Praise God. Sitting on the Isle of Patmos, writing all kind of stuff. Praise God to me and you. Thank God for using him too. He was writing to us, what is the fellowship of love? Because the first book of 1 John is talking about the fellowship of love. God is love. And we're supposed to be fellowshipping with God, but now we got to learn how to fellowship with God. How do you run with somebody like God? How do you spend time with God? How do you do what you do with God? What, do you, what you should and should not do? How do you do that? That's why he told us, praise God about this. In fact, keep your finger here. Go back to 1 John chapter 1. It says, and starting with verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon with our hands and handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life that was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy might be full. He said, I want you to be able to know this stuff so that your joy can be full. As a result of fellowshipping with the Father like you have opportunity to do. Well, what's the first thing you want me to know about them? This is the message which we have had in him and declaring you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk with darkness, we lie and do not the truth. He said, that's the first thing I want you to understand. If you're going to fellowship with God, I don't expect you to stay in darkness. I'm delivering you from this world that used to cause you all these problems. It's an awesome concept because God's delivering us from the world too. God's delivering us from the world too. That's why I said in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, come on, let's just thumb through. 
Verse 1, my little children, see, talking to you. These things write unto you that ye sin not. I know you want to run ahead and say, but if we have a, but if we sin, do we have an advocate with the father? That's Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is our, he, and, and he is a propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also to, for the sins of the whole world. We like to run forward to that part. Let's stop at the other part. He said, I write this unto you. You know, that stuff so that your joy can be full. I'm writing this unto you that you sin not. Meaning that I want you to stop sinning. Hallelujah. I said, he want us to stop sinning. Now, if we sin, we got an advocate. But then you know, it said if. I said if, if, if. It didn't say when. He said if, which means you can stop. How do I stop? According to the things that I'm writing unto you. I wrote these things unto you that you sin not. This one. And well, what else did you write unto us that I'm trying to deliver you from this world? Go back to chapter 2, verse 15. There's another thing they wrote. Verse 15. He said, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Somebody say, that's clear than a mug to me. God the Father is teaching his children here. Praise God, how to live their lives. That's if you're going to fellowship with love. If you're going to fellowship with God like God wants you to do. God said, in me is no darkness at all. And if you say you're walking with me, I'm expecting you to walk like this. See, he told us, now that we boned again, ha, and we living our life in him, ha, that the way the way to live our lives is to not love the world nor the things in the world. To not love the world nor the things in the world. See, prior to being born again and being in him, we were born of the world, and we was all in the world. Every one of us was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. There's only been one person that was born into this world, not like that, and that was Jesus. That's why his blood covers all of our sin. Praise God. But every one of us was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We love the world. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay. You don't have to act like you ain't know nothing. What are you talking about? Amen. Now, I'm going to try this again. When we got born, before we got born again, we was all from the world and we loved the world. We love the world. We love everything that was in the world and we love everything about the world. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed with what the word of God had to say. Hope you've seen that one of the many things that God wants us to do is to be imitators of him in all that we do. I hope that you're not only seeing that that's what he wants us to do, but that we do what we need to do to become imitators of God like he wants us to do. We should do everything we can do to learn how to and do what we learn to do to become more like the God who loves and who saved me and you. That's what I'm going to do. I hope that you do the same thing too. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come visit us at Word of Faith. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon. Thursday evenings at 645. Saturday afternoons at 4.30 and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. 
Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. Don't forget, we also invite all the sisters to a wonderful event held at Word of Faith SA tomorrow morning just for you. We invite all the sisters in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Blessed Women of God Breakfast Fellowship tomorrow morning. It's an all-you-can-eat breakfast that the brothers from Word of Faith prepare for the sisters of Word of Faith. That's the best breakfast in town. It's one of my sisters that you don't want to turn down. And after we feed you naturally, we're going to feed you spiritually too. With a powerful word from God, straight from heaven, just for the sisters. That's including you. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. It starts at 9.30 a.m. sharp and it ends at 12 noon. Don't be late, that's if you want to play. Child care is provided at no charge. Need a ride? VIP transportation services available for this too. Don't miss this awesome opportunity to allow the brothers of Word of Faith to treat you like the queens you are by preparing for you and serving you a breakfast fit for the royalty you are. So come on through and bring a couple of sisters with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did, and they will too. So come on through and let the brothers of Word of Faith be a blessing to you at the Blessed Woman of God Breakfast Fellowship this Saturday morning at Word of Faith SA. I guarantee that you'll be blessed. And don't forget, saints, make sure that you're in church on Sunday. If you're not at work, every child of God needs to be in their father's house on Sunday. There's no substitute for being in church fellowshipping with other brothers and sisters, worshiping God in the house of God. I believe that every born-again believer should say what the psalmist said when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you can be in church on Sunday, then be in church on Sunday. You'll be blessed when you do, I guarantee you. And by the way, we at Word of Faith also invite all of you to a special service that we're having this Sunday that's called Each One Bring One. It's where everybody in the church brings at least one person to church with them to experience and enjoy a service at Word of Faith SA. I think everybody ought to experience a service at Word of Faith SA at least once. It's an experience that I don't think that anybody in San Antonio should miss. There'll be a special reception that follows each of the services in honor of your coming, where we're going to bless you naturally after we bless you spiritually. There'll be a cornucopia of culinary delights for your gastronomic enjoyment. That's proper talk. That means a lot of food's going to be all over the place for you, our guests, to enjoy. So, I invite everybody in our listening audience to be my one at the Each One Bring One this Sunday at either the 8 o'clock or the 11 o'clock service. So come on through and let us say word of faith be a blessing to you. And make sure that you introduce yourself to me after the service or at the reception and tell me that you're my one at the Each One Bring One. I'll be honored to meet you and to greet you. So please, please, please come on through. Be my one at the Each One Bring One. I guarantee you that all of you who do will be blessed at Word of Faith SA. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast next week for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.